Hello and welcome to the Unfuck Your Biz podcast, a show for creatives to encourage and inspire through actionable legal, tax, money, and business topics. I'm Braden Drake, an author, lawyer, tax pro, and educator. If you are ready to get your legal and tax shit legit, you are in the right place. But before we fully dive in, here is a quick word from my sponsors. This episode is brought to you by my private podcast, Braden's Besties. Did you know that I created a second podcast? It is exclusive only to members of the Braden's Besties Facebook group. If you have not already joined, go to www.bradensbesties.com where you can get signed up. Once you join the Facebook group, you will get access to a private podcast where I answer your questions from our Facebook group every single Monday. Episodes are five to 10 minutes long, super bite-sized, so you can dive in, get answers to the biggest questions you may have, and that's it, pretty straightforward. So go join the group, bradensbesties.com, and I will see you both here and over there on the Braden's Besties podcast. Well, hello there, and welcome back to the Unpack Your Biz with Brayden podcast. As always, this is your host, Brayden, and today we are talking about team building. Now, I touched on this topic a couple months back. My good friend Ashley Ebert came on the podcast to talk about her journey building her team. I've done some other team building podcast episodes. You can go check that out. That was episode 178 on the podcast. Now, in this episode, we're going to we're going to kind of pivot a little bit. We're going to talk about a more introductory topic, and that is whether it's ever too early to start thinking about building your team. And if you ask me, the answer is no. So is it possibly too early to build a team? Maybe. Is it too early to consider what you'll need to do to build that team? No. So those of you that are listening, some of you may not have any team members. Some of you may already have a bunch. The gamut will vary, but this will be helpful for you no matter what. Now, also, before we really dive in, the question, well, what's what's a team, right? Does it mean you have a team of employees, like five full-time employees? No, not necessarily. A team can be employees, but a team can also be contractors. And I also, I like to divide contractors into two different buckets. So I, like in my bookkeeping, like actually my QuickBooks account, in my chart of accounts, I have two different types of contractors. So I call um, them internal contractors and external contractors. And for me, an internal contractor is someone that I'm working with on a regular basis. Like I pay them monthly. I'm paying them monthly for an indefinite period of time. So it's basically until I decide I don't need to work with that person anymore, or they're ready to move on. That's an internal contractor. And we have weekly meetings, right? So I treat them as a member of my team. And then I have external contractors. So an external contractor is someone that I'm hiring like on a project basis. Like I'm going to hire them to build my website. I'm going to hire someone to do a brand design. I'm going to hire someone to set up my Pinterest account. Those are one-off projects. And those individuals, although although they're, they are contractors, um, they're not someone that's part of my regular team. So I know it's a little bit confusing, but I like to consider that we need to have go-to people that we can hire for a one-off basis. And that's kind of like our team as well. But when we're talking about building a team, we're really talking about people we will be working with on a regular basis. So as I was drawing up the notes for this podcast episode, I was thinking back to when 
I started my business, which, you know, wasn't too long ago, but in my first year of business, I was just kind of puttering around. I didn't really know what I was doing. In my second year of business, that's when I discovered podcasts. So I dove deep into some of my favorite podcast shows. I started devouring business books. I was paying attention to all of the posts that my friends were posting on social media and other people that I wanted to follow. But whenever all of these resources brought up the topic of team building, I would kind of just disregard it. I figured, well, to be honest, I'm not even making enough money to pay myself. Definitely not making enough money to build a team. So this information is not relevant to me. That's what I thought. But, you know, after a little while, I started to pay a little bit more attention. To be honest with you, I'd probably just ran out of episodes on my favorite podcast and was like, all right, we'll listen to the one on team building. And then I joined a mastermind and in the mastermind, we read a book called Traction by Gina Wickman. And it's a book now that I encourage all of my students to read. We read through it as a group and it teaches what uh, Gina Wickman calls the entrepreneurial operating system or EOS. And it's essentially project management for small businesses. And in the book, he talks about team building and he talks about running weekly meetings and he talks about how to do goal projections and all the kind of stuff that I love to learn about, plan about, think about, talk about. And as I'm reading through this book and as I'm listening to other podcast episodes and talking about other successful business owners, talk about their team development, it helped get me in the frame of mind and start paying attention to what the future of my business might look like. And I think this is really important. By paying attention, it helped me do a few things. So it helped me, one, like I just mentioned, get in the frame of mind that I need to be in in order to hire people in my business. So understanding that my business is an asset, it's you know like a plant that I need to water. Uh, I can't just think about it as like me and me alone. That segues into the next point and helped me consider myself as a member of my own team, maybe the only member of my team, right? But as a member inside the business, not as the business itself. This is kind of a nuanced nuanced thought, but I want you to kind of wrap your brain around this, right? A lot of the time when we start a business, we think about like, we are our business. The business is me. I am the business. Everything about the business runs through me. There's no separation, right? And I talk a lot about on this podcast, how when we form an LLC or a corporation, we separate ourselves from the business and it's an arm's length kind of situation, right? We are over here. Our business is over there. There are certain rules in place that we need to follow inside of our business because ultimately The business is its own entity, and we just happen to be like the primary player inside of the business pulling the strings. And when it comes to team building, we can think about ourselves the same way. I'm going to talk about more about this in a moment. The other thing about like paying attention to hiring really helped gear me up for was preparing systems that would make hiring useful and not a burden when I was ready to get some help. Here's what I mean by that. I see people... All the time, you've seen it too. You probably thought this yourself of, oh, you know, I would hire someone to do this, but it would take me more time to teach them how to do it than it actually takes me to do it myself. It's not worth the effort. It's not worth the headache. That's not a very scalable frame of mind to be in, right? Like, yeah, it's going to take you more time to teach someone to do something the first time. It might take you more time the second time or the third time. But if you develop systems and a routine habit of doing things and you teach someone to do that in a systemized manner, then eventually it would be totally off your plate, right? If you have a one-off project you need to do, it might not make sense for you to hire someone if you could do it faster yourself. 
But if it's something that you're doing on a daily, weekly, monthly basis, maybe even a quarterly basis, you're going to have a good ROI by taking the time up front to teach someone how to do that. So that's point number three out of those things. Okay. So in the book Traction, which I mentioned, the author has you define each role in your business. So we might have like, let's look at a big, like a big company, right? So we have finance department and inside the finance department, there's more multiple roles and we have a marketing department. And in the marketing department, there might be a department for paid advertising where they work just on, you know, magazine ads and billboard ads and print ads and all the kind of ads, maybe Facebook ads. And then inside the marketing part department, we might also have, um, I don't even know. I'm trying to reflect back to all the things I learned in my college marketing class, right? You might have one uh, that's more product focused, like coming up with all of the product ideas. That could be a whole different department as well, right? We have inside of marketing, we have organic, organic marketing. So maybe there's a social media department. You get the picture. There's all these different roles. In small business, and I would even say in micro business, if you didn't already know this, typically a small business is considered a business under $25 million a year in revenue. So I like to use the term micro business. And I actually use that to refer to a business making under a million dollars a year. So a lot of us are micro, micro businesses. For a lot of us, um, we think about departments in um, much smaller chunks, right? So in Traction, he talks about three different primary roles each business needs. We have operations, and operations is the delivery of our product or service. If you're a photographer, your operations is providing photography services to your clients, and then also doing all the customer support that goes with that. If you have a product-based business, like an Etsy shop, then your product department or your operations department rather would be delivering those products. And then the other primary department is your marketing, right? So you got to make the thing, you got to deliver the thing, deliver the service, and then you also have to market it. So those are the two roles, the two primary roles we think about top of mind. And then the third role is all the backend stuff. So this is most of the stuff I teach about doing your taxes, handling your contracts, managing HR. Those that's your third department. So I always call that other, I need to come up with a better name, but you get the picture. And when we're thinking about building a team, we need to figure out the different roles within these, right? So maybe in marketing, we're going to have someone that handles social media. That would be one role. And then we're going to have someone who handles all of our other marketing. Maybe social media is the only marketing that you're doing, in which case that's the only role within that department. For operations, Let's use the example of a photographer again. Well, what does the operations boil down to? We get inquiries. We have to follow up with the inquiries. Maybe we need to do an intake call. This is all, we'll call this all client onboarding. So client onboarding is a part of the operations. And then you have everything that comes after the client onboarding, but before you provide like the primary service. So in like the example of a wedding photographer, the primary service would be actually shooting the photos like at the wedding, but you're going to have back and forth communications with clients, all that kind of stuff. So that's another segment of your operations. Taking the photos might be the third chunk of operations. 
And then editing the photos and delivering the photos is going to be your fourth chunk. So you could think about that as four different roles within your business, right? The intake role is really, we could consider that almost like a sales role. So maybe we consider that more marketing than operations is a little bit of both, but that's a role that one person could handle. Uh, having back and forth communication with the client after they paid you and signed the contract. Now they're a client, not just a lead. That could be another role, which you could assign to one person. Shooting the photographs, another role that you could assign to a person and editing the photos, yet another role that you could assign to a person. Most likely you are wearing all of those hats. You're serving in all four of those roles. That's totally normal. I know a lot of creatives, especially, which is the industry that I serve, they have a very hard time removing themselves from the operations portion of the business because that's what you went into business to do, right? I'm a photographer. I want to be taking the photographs. So that might be the very last thing you want to outsource or editing one of the two. But we need to think about like in the long term, like long view of my business, are these things that I always want to be doing? And if so, know that there's a limited amount of which you can scale your business, right? If you want to be taking photos, you can only shoot so many weddings a year. So think about, let's think about this, right? If you're doing all four roles within the operations and you're also doing the marketing and you're also doing all of the other tasks how many weddings can you take a year? Maybe 25, 30, 40. I've talked to photographers who've done up to 50, which I've heard is like a pretty extreme amount for anyone, especially without help. But let's say, let's say your cap is 35. But let's say that you outsource, you say, okay, I'm going to outsource the sales portion, the client onboarding portion, and also the communication portion. portion. So I'm going to have a virtual assistant or someone who can do a lot of that for me. I know this is going to sound wild to a lot of you because still a lot of people don't want to outsource that. But if I don't have to worry about that, maybe I could take on five more weddings a year. And if I'm charging an average of $3,000, that's $15,000 more. And then how much can I pay this person? If I'm going to pay that person less than $15,000, I've made more money than I've spent by outsourcing this role. Or maybe you're like, you know what? I don't mind doing any of that portion, but if I could outsource all of my marketing then I would be able to take on more clients. So you get where we're going with this. You're going to think about all the different hats that you wear and what it would look like to take some of those hats off. When I went through uh, the exercise inside of the book, which it has you write down your different departments, the roles within a department, um, kind of as a joke to myself, uh, you're supposed to write out what your... Um, chart looked like your, uh, like your flow chart of all of the roles in your business. And I just wrote one big box. I drew one big box and wrote Braden in it. That might be where you are right now. And while it was kind of a joke, it did get me thinking that while I do have all these roles, if I go ahead and list out department in each sub role, I can think about if I could, if money were no issue, which of these would I hire out right now? And that could get me thinking to what is it that I'm really passionate in my business? What is it that I want to keep doing? Maybe that then gives us the uh, answer of, well, maybe this isn't something that I need to hire out. It's just something that I need to phase out of. Like if I don't like doing this thing, is it something that I can like start to not do in my business? Sometimes that's a possibility if we become more niched. The other thing that helps us figure out is, all right, well, when is it feasible to hire for this role, right? So let's, I'm going to go back and I'll give you another example. So if I go back to when I was really operating my law firm, 
Um, I still do a little bit of one-on-one work, but not much. And to be honest with you, I don't really enjoy writing contracts. If you want help with your contract, talk to me. I'll still do it. I'm not going to say no to the money, but it's not something that I love to do. Writing contracts, not my passion. Shocker. I know. But if I thought, you know what, this is something I want to outsource. Well, I would need to have another attorney do that, right? And attorneys require a much higher, higher hourly wage, wage than a lot of the other roles I can outsource. So that's probably not something I would be able to do earlier on. I could maybe if I really wanted to put all my money into that one bucket and did everything else in the business myself, or I could look into hiring out um, a lot of other roles more quickly. And contracts, they're not super time intensive for me, right? So someone hires me a contract, I might be able to do the full contract in two hours, whereas I could still save money and hire out other roles in my business that would take me six, seven, eight hours to do. Make sense? Okay. So these are things we can start to think about. I find that once we get into contemplating building our team, then it really helps us plan and prepare. You can maybe come up with a one-year goal of, I want to fill this role within a year, hire out my social media within a year. I want to hire out, like, um, maybe I want to hire someone to do my blog, right? If you blog and that's really stressful for you and it takes a lot of time, but you found that it actually is a very integral part to your marketing, then hire that out. If it's not an integral part to your marketing, meaning you're spending a lot of time on it, but it's not really generating you any traffic or any clients, maybe we just cut it out. But if you get a lot of, if you get a lot of web hits from SEO and that converts to clients, but it's very time intensive, can someone else do that? If I'm spending three hours a week on my blog, I could probably take another client and half of that money from that client could go to hiring the person who does my blog. And if I like serving my clients, if that's more enjoyable to me than writing my blog and it's making me more money, it's a win win decision, something to think about. So I hope this episode just started like getting the wheels churning in your own head about why it's never too early to think about your team, to plan and prepare for your team. And you start doing that. Maybe take a few minutes. What I would love for you to do is to make a post on Instagram stories, um, do a screenshot of the podcast episode and let me know like in the story, what's the first role you would hire hire out on your podcast, on your podcast, Jesus, in your business. Uh, if you could, you could tell I was thinking about my own podcast as I was talking. So give me a tag. Let me know. I hope you enjoyed the episode. Make sure to share with your friends and I will be back in your podcast feed next Thursday. Have a good one. Hey there, before you go, I wanted to give a quick thanks. Thanks so much for tuning into the show. If you loved it, I would love for you to take a screenshot of the episode or snap a quick selfie while you are listening. Share it on social and give me a tag. It'll help other kick-ass entrepreneurs like yourself find the show. That's it for today. I'll be back soon with a new episode. Meanwhile, let's roll up our sleeves and unfuck that biz.